as long as they get to feel the breeze in their face and you know smell the outdoors i think that that's that's really what they want join us as we chat to amazing cat explorers and experts learn from them listen to their war stories celebrate their wins and laugh at the funny moments that have been a part of their journey everyone welcome to the cat explorer podcast i'm asara and i'm daniel as always we would love to hear your thoughts on today's episode so share your takeaways on your instagram stories and tag us at catexplorer.community and our awesome guest at russ the kitten and we'll reshare it in our stories we'd love to thank our amazing sponsors Superkit. so we recently got a pet stroller for lumos and noxy and they're still learning how to use it we were taking noxy out in the stroller yesterday she was tethered in, but she was super keen to jump out as soon as the stroller came to a stop. Lucky for us, the super kit harness has double loops, meaning that we could keep her tethered in the stroller using one of the loops, clip a leash on the other, and then untether her from the stroller. The double loop on the harness makes the transition from stroller to walking so much less stressful. And you can get your own super kit harness at superkit.co. I'm really excited for our guest today. As you may know, I'm always looking for kitties who explore in urban areas. And Russ lives in New York and he explores there too. But that's not just it. He also travels extensively and explores so many other urban areas. I've actually lost count of all the places he's traveled to. And because of that, I'm so excited to chat to his mum, Kat, today. Welcome to the show, Kat. Hi. So I'd love to hear a little bit about Ross. How did he come into your life? So I've always wanted a pet. Um, growing up, I only had one one dog and he wasn't really mine. So I've always had that idea of having my own pet. And um, lucky enough for me, my roommate suggested that we could get a cat one year. And uh, we just happened to find Russ. And that's where that started. Um, just earlier that year, we had uh, a big trip. And that's kind of where I got my travel bug. So that's how we got Russ the Traveler. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Can you tell us a little bit about Russ in terms of his personality and what he likes to do? So I actually um, trained Russ to be kind of like a dog because he, um, you know, is my first pet after having a dog. And going into it, I, I want, I really wanted a dog, but, um, you know, living in New York and working a nine to five job, I, I wasn't able to accommodate having a dog. So I got a cat and told myself that I would train it to be like a dog. I taught him all the tricks that I taught my dog. Um, and, you know, eventually I, I worked up the courage to take him outside and he loved it. So, that's so awesome. How did you start taking him outside in the first place? Um, it, it, you know, I kind of had to work up a nerve for it because it's not often that you see a, a cat outside. And, um, you know, being on my own at the time, you know, it was, it was just kind of like me stepping out into public, really. But <laughs> so I know the feeling. One one day it was just so beautiful out and I just said to my roommate, I was like, let's take Russ outside today. 
And she was like, okay, I guess we could do that. So um, we, we took him out to Central Park. Um, I, I'd live only at the time I lived about 10 minutes away walking. So um, we walked out to an area called the Great Lawn and just had a picnic. We let him run on his leash and he just, um, at the time he had like a scrunched up paper ball that we brought with him and he just hopped around and played with the ball out in the lawn. It was so, so cute. (laughs) That's just adorable. Was he um, trained to be on a harness and leash at that point? No, he hated it. He hated putting on a harness. Um, He, you know, he got used to it. He still doesn't really like it that much now. But, um, you know, he knows that we're going outside. Once we're outside, he loves it. So how did you train him to be on the harness and leash? Like, where did you find the tools for that? Um, I don't know. I just kind of went to the store and got a harness. <laughs> um, the oh, first man. harness that I got was a, was a buckle kind. And those are a little bit tough to get on just because you have to like, you know, put the buckle through the loop and everything. Um, and he's a little feisty. So he didn't really love that. The mesh one was easier to get into. And now he has a Velcro one, which is even better. I suppose it was a little bit like a natural and you're just sort of tra- treating him like a dog in some ways to try and <laughs> make it work. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of a lot of tough love with my training. <laughs> just 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 gotta do it. <laughs> I think that's actually a really good point because um I often get a lot of questions via Cat Explorer where people are like, Oh, my cat didn't like the harness the first time and I have to say the first time they probably won't like the harness. Like the first time we put a collar on Noxie, she just lost it. Like she was like, I don't like this collar. And um, I remember feeling a bit disheartened because I was like, oh, she's not going to like the harness. But now she she doesn't always like it. But when she realizes that it means going outside, she's happy for it. It's just getting through that difficult <laughs> first few tries. So that's, um, it's pretty awesome that you were able to find a harness that worked and that you liked enjoying, like you were able to use it. Russ, was there any particular reason why um, you chose a Velcro one in the end? Um, I tried all different kinds and I'm still always looking, um, same thing with the carrier. Like I, I'm always looking to see what other alternatives we could use. Um, the, the Velcro one is just the easiest to put on and it seems the most comfortable for him. I kind of felt like the mesh one might've been like pulling on his, his armpits a little bit. I wasn't sure if that was uncomfortable for him. So that's why I kind of switched over to the the Velcro one, but we, we switched back and forth. There's another one that I don't really know how to explain that we use too. <laughs> it's like a combination of mesh and Velcro. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That makes sense. Is he scared of the Velcro sound? Um, well, he does know that when he hears the Velcro that he's getting a harness put on and okay. then he kind of, bolts but. <laughs> but once he realizes we're going outside he's good <laughs> yeah it's I think it's just that first putting it on them they don't necessarily like that and then um, after that they get a bit more comfortable once they realize they're going outside so what kind of cat exploring do you guys do together um well we do a combination of going out in urban areas and going out um traveling through the US. So we've we've traveled to Canada, Puerto Rico, and um, I think 
maybe 16 or 17 states in the U.S. Wow, that's just incredible. Um, do, you, do you mind taking us through some of the places you've traveled to? Sure. Um, well, one of, my, one of my favorite trips was when we did the Pacific Northwest. Um, we traveled from New York into Seattle and then drove down to Portland, which is, uh, I want to say, maybe two and a half hours. And then from Portland up to um, Vancouver, Canada, which was, I don't know, maybe four, five hours. And then um, while we were in Canada, we also went up to Whistler in uh, British Columbia. It's north of Vancouver. And we did an amazing hike up there. That was one of my favorite trips. And then back to Seattle to explore Seattle a bit. Um, usually when I travel, I try to hit as many new cities as I can. Wow. So, um, <laughs> yeah. That's quite extensive and it's quite quite impressive, I'd say. Because you mentioned you did hiking, you've, you've done some car traveling and plane travel as well. <clears throat> Is there... Yeah, and I imagine you also do some urban traveling. Is that the sort of travel that you guys do? Is there anything else? You know, there's obviously people in the community who stand up paddleboarding and those sort of things. Yeah, I'm I'm big on cities. So when I travel, I try to visit bigger cities because being in New York, I'm, you know, I love New York, but I'm also very interested to see what the cultures are in other cities because everything's different. And I love to eat too, so I always want to try the different cuisines that they have in cities like in Chicago, deep dish pizza and, you know, um, in Austin getting breakfast tacos. Um, So that's pretty big for me. I feel you were exactly the same. We just want to go to places to eat. (laughs) And then I suppose you have to go hiking to work off the food that you eat. (laughs) (laughs) Before you mentioned that you did quite significant long car rides with Russ, like how, how is he in the car? Oh, he's so good in the car. We did a really long road trip once from New York to North Carolina, and um, that was a 10-hour drive. And he slept the entire time. <laughs> that's that's just awesome. That's incredible. How does he normally travel in the car? He just automatically goes straight to sleep. Like when he, um, you know, wakes up, he looks around out the window She's pretty calm. He, um, we always travel with a litter box in the car, especially when we know that it's going to be a long trip. Okay. So does he travel in a crate or does he use his backpack or carrier? What do you do when you're traveling? Uh, he likes sitting in the back seat. Like he doesn't even sit with anyone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And does he, does he use his kid a little? Because what we found with Lumos and Oxy, like even though we travel with the kid litter box, they've actually never used it. Uh, maybe once, you know, it's very rare for them to actually use it. They just, you know, they go in there and they sit in their crate. Unfortunately for us, they don't always sleep there. They're more likely to fight sometimes and get restless. But yeah, does Russ, you know, does he, does he use his kid litter box? And you know, does he, like, you know, I guess, is he is he suited to, you know, just traveling and being a normal kitty inside a car that moves? um it's actually um different every time but I would say the first time that we did this was when we went to the Pacific Northwest um we rented an SUV while we were out there so that we would have the trunk space and um we put up a like a 
a pop-up kennel um, so that I could like travel with the kennel. It folds up real small and I put in my backpack and um, that's how I always travel. I always travel with, with uh, like, it's like a little luggage storage thing that um, has the pop-up kennel and the pop-up litter box and all that stuff. Um, And he actually does use it. So we had to use it that time because of the five-hour drive from Portland. Plus, when we landed, we weren't sure when we were going to arrive at our hotel. And, you know, um, traveling, we kind of had to anticipate that he'll, he'll need a temporary place to go. And I wasn't sure if he would use it, but he did. Um, he, I actually posted about it last time, um, when we went to Texas, because as soon as the litter was popped up in the trunk, he used it right away. (laughs) (laughs) So like he'll, he'll move, he'll start using it as soon as the car starts moving. It's the weirdest thing, but (laughs) I'm so impressed. I mean, like, it just sounds like he's like a normal kitty and just treats it like staying at home. Whereas Lumos and Oxy, they just, for some reason, even though we've been on many, many trips now that I sort of see the car ride as still something different that they don't go. They don't go in the car normally and they sort of... I think go to the bathroom. Yeah, they don't go in the bathroom in the car normally and then sort of run around and sort of... Yeah, I, it, just, it just gives us trouble sometimes. I think Daniel's feeling a bit defeated because yesterday we had a really bad day. <laughs> it's not normally that bad. Well, I'm just impressed that Russ is so calm about it. It's, yeah. I think it's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. I always want to ask about that, actually. Like, do other cat explorers, do they go outside? Do they go to the bathroom outside? Because Russ doesn't. And I've, I've always wondered that. I think it seems to be like each cat to their own. So Lumos and Noxy will only go to the beach. So if we go to the beach, they have to go even though they can't go. So even if they'd gone it before we left the house, they'll still try to go because I think it's something about being at the beach. They just giant kitty litter. Yeah, but they don't need to go. Like, you can see that they're trying to go, but they can't. But then there's also cats who, like, wait till they go home. Or, and then there's cats who will just stop in the middle of a hiking trail while people are walking past and go. So <laughs> I think it just really depends on how private they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know um, a hunky sushi, he goes outside. So I, like, I, w- I always wonder, like, how it gets to that point. Um, and it scares me a little bit too. Like if they go outside, are they going to like be more like a dog where they need to go outside? Mm. I don't know. Right now, Russ will only go in a litter box and he'll typically wait to go home if, if he doesn't have one available. So mm. I think, um, yeah, I'm, I don't really know the answer to that one, but I think a lot of kitties, if they, if they use, um, like, uh, natural kitty litter they're more likely to go outside because it, it feels the same like digging in the sand or digging in the dirt and stuff like that so when we used to use crystal litter the lumos and Noxy didn't realize that the sand was kitty litter because it's so different to what they use at home so i think that might be something but i think it's each to their own mm. and mind you we do get, we do prepare for it just in case but it's never happened so yeah when we do go on the hikes <laughs> we do bring the little doggy bags just in case but they never seem to be inclined like like I was saying before, we go on those car rides. We've been on an 11-hour car ride, and they didn't go in until like we got to the Airbnb at the end uh, after 11 hours, even though we gave them ample opportunities to try. Mm. So it is each to their own, and maybe who knows, they'll change in the future. Mm. Yeah, maybe. 
One thing that I wanted to jump back to was that you mentioned that you've got a pop-up litter box and a pop-up kennel. Do you know what brands or um, where you got those from? I got them off of Amazon. I don't know the brand. I did spend a lot of time searching for it, though. <laughs> That's all um, good. Just finding just finding the the right type because the one that I have it's it has wall it has three walls and then one open one big opening. Um, other ones that I've seen have two openings, which wouldn't really work because the problem that I faced when I first started traveling with Russ was that he loves to make a mess in his litter. Like he'll just kick the sand out and um, especially when it's new, like brand new litter, like he does not want to keep it in the box. <laughs> he <laughs> wants yep. to kick it all out. And when he does his business, he spends about, you know, 10 minutes just trying to cover it up and make sure it doesn't smell. Oh, isn't that the struggle where like you clean up the kitty litter box area and then like it's nice and pristine and then they go in and the first thing they do is mess it all up. <laughs> yeah, so I have to make sure that yeah. the the walls are, are covered so that he doesn't make a mess. So is this a box that is the kid a little box that doubles as a crate or is it two different items that we're talking about here? Um no, this is just for his bathroom. It's it's like okay. having a porta potty in the car. <laughs> okay. And so this is collapsible, you said? That mm-hmm. it's in your backpack? And then you've also got a kennel as well that's um, foldable as well. Is that correct? Yeah, it's like a bag. Um, it's a soft-sided uh, carrier. Oh, I understand now. Okay, yeah, I can picture that now. Okay. Yeah. Because in my head I was thinking of the plastic ones and I was like, how does that fold into your backpack? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that makes a lot more sense. So you, I'm guessing you've also traveled in the plane with Russ. How do you travel in the plane? Is and like, is there anything that you've learned by that pre- experience? Uh, definitely an experience. <laughs> the fir- the fir- <laughs> our first trip was to Puerto Rico, um, which I did, had no idea what I was getting myself into. But it was a ten day trip that I had no one to watch him, and I've you know I I can't wrap my head around leaving him for even a day so so I, I brought him with me to Puerto Rico for this 10-day trip and um, I was debating um, how I should do this because this is the first time that I've done it so I actually um, paid a pet fee to take him um, and then he had to go under the seat but he hated that um, and then I would, I would kind of try to like sneak the carrier up onto my lap um, every once in a while, just because I, I was self-conscious about the people around me and I didn't really know what was going on. So um, I, I would just kind of like try to comfort him. It didn't really work out too well. But uh, the way home, he was great. I think it was just, just getting used to it. Also on the way home, we had a seat, um, an empty seat in between me and the other passenger. So uh, that worked out well too. It, it made him a lot more comfortable being um, kind of on my lap than being under the seat. So um, now after that, I realized that I should I should look into getting an emotional support animal certificate for him. And um, I, I did that. And it's so much better now because he can sit in my lap and um, 
you know, I can take him anywhere with me. So, because uh, this this idea of taking pets on aeroplanes in Australia, especially in the cabin, is quite foreign for me. So, is it? So it's normal. I guess it's normal in the US that you have the cats under the seat. Is that right? Or in the overhead locker? Not the overhead locker. Not the overhead locker. Under the seat is the is that the <laughs> normal practice? Yeah, under the seat. Um, as long as you're within your own seat, I think that's fine. And so how long's the trip from the US to Puerto Rico? That um, from New York to Puerto Rico is only three and a half hours, I think. So it's not the furthest flight we've taken, but it's gotten much better since then. I'm just amazed and I just I still can't wrap my head around the idea that the cats can or animals can go small animals anyway, can go in cabins and then mm. have to sit in a carrier under the seat for three and a half hours. Just damn hard. You know, it's like <laughs> it's, I, I I feel for the animal and But I think it's yeah, a lot easier than putting the cat in the um cargo. Yeah. Definitely. Like, I would much rather keep them in the cabin with us than in the cargo. So I think it's pretty lucky that you guys can do that. It's um really cool. So, like, to like in Australia, because we're not allowed to take our cats in the cabin with us. So we previously actually driven down to Melbourne, which ended up being a 12-hour drive, whereas in the plane that's like a two-hour flight. One hour. <laughs> yeah, what, two hours with door-to-door. But, yeah, so it's um I think it's pretty cool that you can do that. So – Puerto Rico, that's international travel. Did you have to get a passport or anything like that for us? No, uh, Puerto Rico is actually part of the U.S. So, um, okay, we, yeah, we, lo- we lucked out with that. Sorry, cat. Geography. It's its own country. It's just uh, a U.S. territory. <laughs> Oh, okay. So um, it is a because I got something right. <laughs> yep. Not all bad. So so you don't need a um, passport, but did you need any other paperwork to take with you? So Puerto Rico was a little different because I did take him as a pet and not as an emotional support animal. So I did go through the process of um, getting his health certificate and I'm sure that you would still need to do it regardless of what what the animal is um so he got a health certificate that was issued by the vet and um he uh according to Puerto Rican um agriculture you have to get a rabies shot uh six months before traveling and he was just at the cusp of six months like it would have been one week out so he had to get another rabies shot Uh (laughs) <laughs> before before he could go there I have a really silly question and I'm not sure whether you're the right person to ask because rabies isn't uh, something that we deal with in Australia either is that something that um a vaccination that you have to do every six months or every year it should be every year it depends on the medication I think that there are some out there that are every three years okay. um, but I always do every year Mm, it's better safe than sorry so it's a really good Mm. point so when you're traveling to all these places um because one thing I really love is that you go to these new cities and things like that and you take Russ out with you how do you find places to go with him I generally look for anything that's outside um I'll check Yelp a lot is that is Yelp something that you guys used to Mm, um so I'll check Yelp to see uh if 
there are any reviews on dogs being at the place. Um, I'll look at the pictures to see like what the outdoor space looks like. But generally, if it's outside, I know there there have been times where I've been on vacation and um, I didn't have a choice and I had to bring him. So I would request outdoor seating. And, you know, if I need to, I'll just keep him in his carrier while we're out there. Actually, when I was in Texas, I um, I met up with another another cat account and um, I, I had to bring Russ with me because I had nowhere else to put him so so um we were actually inside the restaurant and I just kept him in the carrier while um we were hanging out that's awesome I have to ask like we haven't had this experience yet but um have you ever had a situation where you've been traveling like so on holiday with Russ and you've gone to a say a cafe or another business and then they've told you that you're not allowed in there has that happened to you usually when I when I go um to some places that I would expect to be pet friendly. I'll, I'll ask them like um, when I was in Vancouver, um, I, I went up like a uh, rust stayed in the car and I, I just like ran out and I asked the bartender, Hey, are you pet friendly? And she knew automatically, like you asked pet friendly, you didn't ask dog friendly. So what do you have in there? Is it, is it a bird? <laughs> like, what do you, what do you have in there? And then I walked out with the cat and she was so excited. <laughs> Yeah, no, that actually um, parallels a lot with what we do with trying to find locations in urban areas. So we'll look up, yeah, not necessarily Yelp, but similar sort of um, websites to try and understand whether or not they are pet friendly and they've got outdoor seating, looking through photos, that sort of stuff, and reviews and other people's comments. So those comments are very, very helpful. So I encourage people to leave those if, if you've been to somewhere where you've had a good experience. But then from there, we also do jump in and ask the question if it's not obvious. And like you said, we ask if it's pet friendly. And then I actually get, then go one step further to clarify. We're talking about cats here because sometimes pet friendly, they still think dogs or something. So I'm I'm very specific to clarify. It's two cats that we're talking about and not just one cat. It's two cats. <laughs> so that usually helps. And uh, we've never had that bad experience before. So that's um, great for us and lucky for us. So hopefully mm. it never happens. I have to touch on your 10 days in Puerto Rico with Russ where you, you, didn't, you could not leave him. So how did that go logistically? And like, just, So he was with you all the time. You, you never left him in an Airbnb or motel or any of that sort. Is that right? Um, no. So my, my roommate's actually from Puerto Rico and we were oh, okay. there visiting family. So um, she, uh, he, he stayed at the house for oh, most okay. of the time. Um, and And they have a dog too. So... Um, I was curious to see how he would be because this is like the first dog that he's really been around and they were they got along fine so it worked out that's just awesome I think um you were mentioning that you're in Texas when you couldn't take you had to take Rusk everywhere was is that correct yeah yeah how did you find that logistically like the fact that you had to take him everywhere well, th- this was a solo trip for me, so it was fine because I, w- I would just go wherever really like I could go. Um, there wasn't any place that I, I wanted to go that wouldn't um, be okay. Usually uh, if I'm going to like a restaurant or something and I have rest, um, I'll just keep them in the carrier and I think that's generally fine. I haven't had any problems with that. That's awesome. Um, 
because that is something that um, we have struggled with. Where, so for example, if you go to a city or somewhere where you're visiting family, and the family, like as in our case, is always allergic to Lumos and Noxy, so we can't take them along with us. So um, we do sometimes struggle. We have to be very careful to make sure the hotel says that they can stay in the room by themselves. Otherwise, because a lot of hotels have that caveat where you can't leave the pet in the room. Um, and you mentioned that you've met a few other members in our community, um, like in Texas and around um, around wherever you've travelled. Who have you met? Oh, I've met. Um, so I meet up with Hunky Sushi a lot. Is um, they're they're pretty local to me. Um, the one and only Mojo Chicken. Um, they're also in New York. Um, in Texas, I met up with. Uh, Violet and Layden from um, Violet and Silly Sister. Um, Miso.Texas is also in um, Dallas, Texas. I met the the mom behind that account. Um, I've tried meeting up with um, Furry Waffles in in Colorado, um, but we just didn't line up correctly, but um that I I think that's that's really it but I do try to try to find people that are local to the areas that I'm going to just because it's also nice to get a local's perspective when I'm traveling Mm. especially a cat explorer as well how did um did Russ meet all these kitties or were you just meeting their um their parents I suppose yeah he met all of them except for um except for Miso for Miso Mm. Texas how did he go with meeting all the cats? He was very interested in meeting all of them. I can't really say the same in reverse. <laughs> <laughs> um, him and Layden got along really great the first time they met, but then the second time uh, wasn't as successful. I, I'm not really sure what happened, but uh, Violet was there the second time, so maybe that had something to do with it. Yeah, I think, um, and it could also just be like something like, um, he might have eaten something different and then Russ didn't recognize the smell or something like that. Like it's just very small things, but I really love that you, while you're traveling, you're meeting up with all these people. Like it's one day I'd love to like travel the world and just meet cats the whole whole way. (laughs) That would be so cool. Um, And like recently you posted that you um, like a photo or a video of Russ rolling around in dust bath, like in a dust bath in Texas. Does he do that often? Yes. Um, if we're if we're out in the sun and as soon as he touches the ground outside, he just has to roll around. Um, I think it just feels nice for him. That's awesome. And do you find that you have to give him a bath afterwards? Uh, it depends because sometimes when we're traveling, obviously, I'm not going to give him a bath um, at the hotel unless it's, it's really bad, which has never gotten to that point. Um, yeah, usually just when, when I get home. So I think in March, I actually had a pretty busy month. I did, um, and Russ came with me to LA and just two weeks later we went to Texas. So I, I, I feel bad giving him baths so often. So I didn't give him a bath in between the two trips. <laughs> um, yeah. he did get like probably not he didn't stay as clean as I would probably like him to while we were in LA, but, um, 
I don't know. I just, I just felt bad because we were leaving for Texas the next week. So I just, I just let him do his thing. And, um, and then we went to Texas and, you know, he rolled around in all of the dirt there. So (laughs) I, I, um, I definitely felt like I needed to give him a bath as soon as we got home, which, which happened. It was midnight when we got home and I still gave him a bath. Um, but you could tell as soon as, as soon as, um, I took off his harness. He just so vigorously licking himself and trying to clean himself. And I'm telling everyone, I'm I'm giving him a bath as soon as we're we're done eating. Like I'm giving him a bath. <laughs> and I think I think he could understand me seriously because he just was really going at it, like trying to clean himself. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "Look, I can do it myself. I can do it myself." <laughs> <laughs> Like, I love that you travel so much with him, but how do you find um, cat-friendly accommodation? Like, where do you normally stay? Um, so I, I usually do hotels over Airbnbs just because I feel like I don't really find as many pet-friendly Airbnbs in the U.S. at least. Um, or, or they come with the price. But um, I travel lots of cities, so maybe that's why not not as many people have that accommodation um we did stay in an airbnb in la and that was okay um and and on their listing it just said that they were pet friendly so that's that's all that i needed really um for hotels um he's able to stay with me because he is an emotional support animal that's awesome um i think you've actually just um touched on something that kind of just clicked for me is because we stay in a lot of airbnbs but we stay in a lot of pet friendly airbnbs because we go to regional areas but when we do go to cities it's actually quite challenging to find a pet friendly airbnb so we're going to melbourne in december this year and i found one airbnb that is within a 10 minute walk of where we needed to be and there aren't like there's so many other airbnbs but none of them are pet friendly so like that's a really good point that if you're in a city, a hotel is probably your best bet rather than a Airbnb. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've stayed at other pet friendly hotels that are, um, accommodating to that. So one, one time I stayed at a pet friendly hotel and there was a mouse there, which did not go so well for him, in for a, us. <laughs> a pet mouse or a, um, no, a, there was a oh. mouse in the room. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had to so, so I guess that I guess that could be the downside of going to a pet friendly hotel since there's so many smells and like food um, maybe it might attract things like mice but it could have just been the hotel itself <laughs> but, uh, Russ did not sleep at all while we were there because he was very focused <laughs> <laughs> yeah I can understand I can really understand that one um You've mentioned that you've gone to a few breweries and um, stuff like that. What kind of um, cat-friendly businesses do you guys normally go to? Um, mostly breweries because it's like a win-win for both of us. <laughs> he, get, he gets to be outside and he's actually very social. He loves going up to people and getting pet by people. So um, he... <laughs> He gets to be social and I get to drink. So <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. But, um, other than that, just like anywhere, anywhere outside, like when, when it's nice out, I love you know, eating outside and going to breweries anywhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Um, Cause yeah, you, 
you just think New York is it's all hustle and bustle and it's quite you know overwhelming for some people, especially those from regional areas and not from an urban area. And us, we and found, us, we we found, found it just, overwhelming. Yeah, we, we found New York overwhelming when we went, and we weren't cats. We didn't <laughs> take our cats with us either. So to think that you go through these areas and you know you find cafes, you find breweries, you find parks, and you can take your cat. It's just it's excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to? I just want to change up a little bit. So then we're talking about urban areas, and now we're also talking about how that New York is currently your home, but you also did move home, and that you transitioned Russ from his old home to his new home. How did that go? Um, it was a little strange because I think that since we travel so much, when we moved to a new place, I don't think he recognized it as home. Um, and I think that he was kind of thinking that we're just on vacation and we're going to, you know, go back to our old apartment. Um, and yeah, I, I, there were no negative signs coming from him. It just was a little strange. Like something felt a little off with him. You know, he was sleeping in his carrier, which he doesn't really do too often. Um, it just didn't seem as comfortable. And our, our old apartment was pretty small. Um, so maybe maybe just the coziness of that was different because we moved into a much larger place. So that could be the difference. And a different smell, too. <laughs> so um, I do notice that when we go back, because um, I live right outside of the city right now in New Jersey. But um, when we do go back into New York, he does seem a little bit more content. So um, I think maybe just the smells are different. That's really interesting. Like I, I wouldn't have like, you're right. The smells would really impact and change like what his perception of where he is and things like that. Did you have to do anything to help him transition from your old place to your new place? Because I ask that because a lot of the members in our community are moving with their cats because we do have to move home occasionally. And um, I've had a few people reach out and ask how, like if we had any tips on how to do that to make the new home a bit more comfortable. Um, so did you do have any of those things that you did? Um, yeah, so when I started to notice that he was acting strange, I made more of an effort to take him outside. because it's It can get hard in New York because during the colder months, it's always dark. And um, when... I first moved, I think it was pretty busy and I didn't really get a chance to take out much. And then, um, it started getting dark early. So I I wasn't able to take him out that much. Um, so I I made a little bit more effort to get him acclimated to the space. So I would take him for walks in the hallway. (laughs) Um, my building has a pretty long hallway, so I would take him for walks just in the hallway and then, um, just take him outside for a little bit even just to get him used to the smells and everything. Um, Now he does great. Like I actually have a really good um, outdoor area in my building. So um, now he he loves it. That's awesome. I love that he's um, adapted and he's doing so well in his new area and he's cat exploring as well, because I think sometimes when we move home, it's 
you spend so much time trying to get your cat used to your indoor environment that you don't really have time to take them out as well. So I think it's great that you've been able to do both. So good work on you. I, I actually think that that helped him get acclimated better because he was getting used to his surroundings rather than just the inside part of it. Like he had to, he had to know where he was on the outside too. So we often get asked by members of our community that how often you should go exploring with the cat and you mentioned that when you moved to a new place, you thought about taking him out a bit more often just to get him outside and acclimated with the outdoor, the new outdoor environment. Like personally, I think it varies for every cat and depends on the type of exploring I like to do. Do you have any thoughts on how often, or I guess, do you have any thoughts on this and how often do you and Russ go exploring? Um, not that much yet. Um, like I try to travel pretty often as you you guys know um so I'll try to do that at least once a month um and that's it's kind of like his big outdoor time is when we're traveling um and it's not always like big big travels sometimes it'll just be like going over families um houses for like a maybe like two to five hour drive you know depending on where it is um but yeah, I try to I try to at least travel somewhere for at least once a month just to, you know, keep him knowing that he can go outside and that he keep him comfortable with traveling and like being in different modes of transportation. Um and then locally, I'm I'm lucky to have the outdoor space that I have now, so I'm able to take him out more often. Um and I'll take him out you know, whenever it's nice out, really in New York, it's very variable. Um, it could, <laughs> it could be, it could be 80 degrees and then 40 degrees the next day. So, um, when it is nice, it gets very busy and I try to take advantage of those days as I'm pretty sure every New Yorker does. <laughs> I think everywhere, everyone does like if it's day, everyone tends to go outside. Um, do you like, so how about like during the winter months? Because that would be quite challenging to take Russ out during that time. Is the only time that he's going out when you're traveling during um, the, winter? In the winter months? Yeah, actually, well, this past winter it was mainly when we traveled. I know we went to Florida in January. Um, can't really remember before that, mm. but it was. <laughs> um, it was Mostly when we're traveling, I think during the winter time, I can't recall taking him outside. But in previous years, I have taken him out um, into the snow and everything. But I also had, you know, at the time I had more time to do that. Mm. So I guess it just depends. <laughs> it depends on, on what my schedule is, unfortunately. No, I think that's a really good point because um, it's something that I've noticed a lot lately with the questions that I've been getting, especially of new people who are trying to explore with their cats, is um, they see that they see that Instagram can give this perception that everyone is going cat exploring every single day. But the reality is we all have busy lives. And, like, for example, you live in New York. We live in Sydney. It's really hard to find a day where you can go outside in a location that your cat likes where it, sometimes you need a quiet location, but sometimes it gets really busy so you can't go out at that time. 
And um, when you can go out, it's um, it can be those rare opportunities. And sometimes you can only do that once a week. Sometimes you can only do that once a month, but you just do your best. Like we can't um, – like we all have our dreams. We wish we could do it every day, but reality is life's busy. Things happen. You just can't do it every day. So I think that's – it's just something that I wanted to highlight to everyone because um, – don't feel the pressure that you have to do it every day very much <laughs> yeah I mean that's the that's the great thing about cat exploring is because they don't need to go out every day <laughs> they don't even want to go out every day they enjoy being inside too <laughs> but yeah. um the new thing that Russ started doing um and it just shows how much he's acclimated to this this area because it's so easy to go outside now is he actually started meowing at the door when he really wants to go outside I don't know why like sometimes it's it's random like He's only done it maybe two or three times, but he'll actually go to the door and like sit there and look at me with almost like puppy eyes, but kitten eyes, I guess. <laughs> or or he'll actually like vocalize that he wants to go outside, which he's not a very vocal cat, so sometimes it's a little different. He's um he's learning he's learning some new tricks. <laughs> Actually, talking about tricks, because you mentioned before that you taught him a few different tricks. What kind of tricks does he do? They're just kind of standard dog tricks, because that's what I really had the idea of doing as soon as I got him, was teaching him how to do the same tricks that my dog did. Um, So he knows paw and high five and um, lay down. Those are the first tricks that I taught him. And then um, one day I realized that I could try to teach him a little bit more so I I taught him to play dead so I I go bang and then use my fingers and knock him over and then he just falls over so so those are all tricks that I taught him as a kitten we haven't really learned too many new ones um he can do a circle and stand that's basically it I've seen all the tricks that you do with uh, Lumos and Axi, and those are amazing. I have to say, I'm still really struggling at lay down. So I props to you for being able to do that. Lumos just looks at me like, what do you want me to do? No, I'm not doing that. (laughs) (laughs) So how did you teach him how to do these tricks? Um... I, don't, I honestly didn't have any real method. Um, I, you know, Paul was probably, it was the very first trick that I taught him and he just did it. Um, the play dead was a little bit um, more of a strategy. So I would, I would kind of knock him over every time I said bang and just like softly, like force him to lay down, <laughs> mm-hmm. and and he he picked that up after like ten tries, um, like you know, ten, like back to back tries, and you know that was pretty easy. It's it, it was honestly like really easy to teach him. Um, he's pretty food motivated, but when he doesn't want to do it, he doesn't want to do it. So. <laughs> Yeah, I know that feeling. The number of times I've been like really enjoying a session with Lumos or Noxie and then they just walk off. I'm like, oh, we're going so well. (laughs) (laughs) So we're coming up towards the end of our podcast episode and we've got a few questions that we like to ask all our guests. So what is one piece of advice that you would give to new cat explorers? Um, Just be patient because, you know, after the 
first try doesn't mean that that's the end of the world. You know, we're, we, we want to, as you say, show our cats the world. So that's how we're going to do it is taking them. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be any crazy adventure as long as they get to feel the breeze in their face and, you know, smell the outdoors. I think that that's, that's really what they want. Totally agree with that one. What's been the most entertaining comment someone said to you while you were you're out and about with Russ? Oh, um, actually, I wanted to mention how I, um, one time we were at Central Park and we, you know, we're, we're just kind of doing our thing. I think we're actually waiting for, to meet up with Sushi. And um, we were just kind of standing by a tree and Russ was sniffing around and this couple comes and is just staring at us and I'm used to this because a lot of people do this but usually they're also snapping pictures on their phone and you know a lot of people will will make remarks as if I can't hear them (laughs) you know yep (laughs) and I have ears too like I I can hear you yelling that there's a cat (laughs) But, but okay um so I typically just ignore them um but this one time this couple comes and they're just staring at me and and this uh, man just just out of nowhere says, do you take your cat out often? And, you know, it was just like an honest question and it was so refreshing. And but as soon as soon as I heard that voice and I looked at his face, I realized it was uh, Ricky Gervais. I don't know if you oh. know who that is. <laughs> so probably the best time someone could say something to me. <laughs> That's actually really refreshing that he asked like an honest question rather than just saying like a comment. I, I actually really like that. That's really nice of him. No, I was going to say Central Park is a place to meet celebrities. It sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah but- I mean, you see them all the time, but you never actually know when they're there. And um, for when in that moment, I, you know, I recognized his face and his voice immediately, but I didn't really say anything because, you know, everyone wants their privacy. So mm. And it, it was just nice to have a normal conversation. Mm, rather than a, why do you take your cat out? Like, <laughs> I appreciate the why do you take your cat out in a nice way. Like, some people ask me that because they're, like, actually genuinely interested. So um, I think that was really nice that he asked you that question. What um, what cat explorers inspire you? Oh, there are so many. Um, one, of, one of the very first accounts that kind of picked up on on Russ's talents was a thrasher cat. Uh, they're no longer really active, but um, they were the first account to really recognize that that Russ was, at the time, um, they had another account called Smart Cats of IG. And um, that was kind of the first time that I was introduced to this community. Um, and, you know, that kind of really opened my eyes to to being able to do this. I didn't really know that that was a thing. I just kind of went into it with being like, I'm going to train my cat to be a dog. So I didn't really know that this was such a big thing. And I'm so proud of everything that has come out of it. But um, so that that one, um, you know, I have several friends that I've made from the, from Instagram, which is great. Um, I've mentioned a lot earlier. 
I mean, I can't really think of any others. I've already listed so many. <laughs> you have. We'll include everyone's names in the show notes so that if anyone wants to go looking, they can. And last question, what product, service or program has been a game changer for Russ? Um, the the pop-up kennel was a game changer for me uh, with um, being able to travel with him because, you know, traveling so much, you don't really know when you're going to get a chance to set up and, you know, litter can be a struggle at times. Mm-hmm. Um, other things, I don't know, the care, like, I've gotten used to traveling with uh, a suitcase and a carrier, and that's that's pretty much all that I have. Um, I've done a lot of testing with um, with the different things that I use between like carriers, um, travel methods, and um, harnesses. So I'm I'm at a pretty good place right now with what I what I like to use. I, I do want to just jump in on that, actually, because um when we travel with Lumos and Oxy, we always travel by car. So we're doing like a road trip or something and our car is full of stuff for them. Like, so I'm really impressed that you can do that with a suitcase. Like, I, I'm super impressed that, that you can <laughs> yeah, do that. Yeah, I've got that's that just, down. That's incredible. <laughs> like, maybe like, do you have a packing list or something that you use? Um, so... I've, I've honestly tried so many methods and every single time that I get a method down, I'm just like, this is it. This is the best thing. And then um, I would discover something new that's even better. <laughs> so, so right now I actually have, um, I have in a way suitcase that's been pretty good for me. Um, so I have, a, it's kind of like, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it. It's, it's kind of like a suitcase um that you can put inside of your suitcase. Mm -hmm. So um, they're like little travel compartments. I've, Mm -hmm. I've loved using those. So like I'll, you know, have one for my clothes, one for Russ's things, and then another one for undergarments and things like that. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Are there any other tips that you would sort of suggest in terms of this traveling, given that you've got a down pat, like what have you learned that you think is just golden that, other people should know about in terms of traveling with their pets learn how to pack lighter I guess I don't I, I've never really been one to to overpack um sometimes I get annoyed with myself because I'll arrive somewhere and I'll be like oh I don't really want to wear this or like well when am I going to wear this which day I don't want to overuse like any particular outfit um but I would say that everyone's probably going to have their own method but the best method is trying to get everything that you really need into as little space as you can, because all of this stuff gets pretty heavy and um, you know, it can be pretty wearing on, on your body and um, you know, you want to find the best way to make yourself comfortable. Yeah, definitely. I think the overpacking is a really good point. I think sometimes I do overpack for Lumos and Noxy. Like I, I'm like, what if they need extra food? What if they need extra bowls? What if they need this? And I just take it all. But we probably don't need it all. So that's a really good, good point. Yeah. And I, I think we've discovered that we tend to overpack for Lumos and Noxy and underpack for ourselves. So we'll take their sunscreen. We'll take their medication. We'll take all that. And then we'll get to our destination and be like, oh, we forgot our sunscreen. Oh, we forgot insect repellent. Oh, we forgot clothes. <laughs> so, like, I think, um, yeah, I have so much respect for you to be able to, like, manage all that. Um, 
So yeah, I have, a, I have a packing list, so I can yeah. actually um, probably put something together and post about it one day. Oh, yeah, that would be amazing. I think that would be quite helpful for everyone. Um, so, Kat, thank you so much for joining us today. It's really been a blast. Where can we follow you and Russ online? So it's just Russ the Kitten on Instagram, and um, he has a Facebook page, but we don't. All we do really is post what's on Instagram to the Facebook page, and that's uh, Adventure Russ, Adventure without an E, and Russ. <laughs> <laughs> so what we'll do is we'll put those links and any of the other links that we've spoken about today in the show notes, which will be available at catexplorer.co forward slash podcast. Thank you so much for listening today would mean the world to us if you could hit subscribe and review the cat explorer podcast on wherever you listen to podcasts this will help us continue to get some awesome guests as always thank you so much for being a part of the cat explorer community that's it for today we'll catch you next time in the meantime enjoy giving your kitty the world